0: This is uh, Dr. Pedro Ramirez, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. And today I have the great pleasure of speaking with Dr. Vito Andrea Caposi, who is in the Department of Medicine and Surgery at the University Hospital of Parma in Parma, Italy. And the topic of this discussion is the long-term survival outcomes in high-risk endometrial cancer patients undergoing sentinel lymph node biopsy alone versus lymphadenectomy. Um, Vito, welcome to the uh, podcast and thank you once again for accepting our invitation to uh, discuss this topic and, and this paper as well.
1: Good morning, Dr. Ramirez. It's a great honor to be here today. I'm very proud that our study has been selected as a podcast for the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer, so uh, thank you.
0: Of course, no, it's a, it's a pleasure and of course obviously this is an important topic because as uh, as we know, you know certainly there there are many who feel that sentinel uh, lymph node uh, mapping alone is uh, completely appropriate for um, all uh, grades and, and all histologies of endometrial cancer, um, but there are others who feel that sentinel uh, lymph node mapping should be restricted to only those patients with low risk, um, and I think that this adds to. Um, you know, the, the conversation and the discussion regarding what are the survival outcomes in this particularly high-risk endometrial cancer population when doing just sentinel lymph node versus uh, lymphadenectomy. So I wanted to just start by, you know, certainly uh, whether you consider it safe to perform sentinel lymph node alone versus a full lymphadenectomy. Um, what did you hope to, to look into with this study?
1: Uh, this concern was the reason why we conducted our study. Uh, we want to observe whether sentinel lymph node alone was safe compared with the lymphadenectomy in high-risk endometrial cancer. So uh, our study is a retrospective observational study that showed that sentinel lymph node alone uh, had almost the estimated blood loss and lower complication rate with no significant difference in overall survival and disease-free survival compared to patients undergoing systematic lymphadenectomy. Besides, to be sure uh, of the oncological safety of the central lymph node alone in this subset of patients, we decided to analyze a long observation period. We know that the uh, higher risk of recurrence, occurs in the first 24 months after treatment. Therefore, we analyzed patients from 2007 to December 2019 with the median follow-up period of 31 months. Um, therefore, with this study, we would like to convey more confidence in sentinel lymph node alone in high-risk endometrial cancer patients. Our retrospective observational studies suggest that central lymph node alone is oncologically safe. Uh, Nevertheless, our investigation is not a non-inferiority randomized clinical trial. So we will confidently wait until uh, 2027 for the result of the ALICE trial before recommending the central lymph node alone in high-risk endometrial cancer patients.
0: Yeah, and, and we'll talk about the ALICE trial in uh, in a little bit. I want to ask you about that as well. Um, but can you just kind of go over for our audience, like what did we have in terms of previous research? And and I know that obviously here you're focusing on long-term uh, uh, oncologic outcomes, but there was a study by uh, Pam Solomon from uh, my former institution at MD Anderson, uh, and then another study, the Centaur
1: uh, study. What, what did we learn from those studies? Yes. In recent years, many authors have investigated the feasibility and especially the sensitivity of the sentinel lymph node mapping in high-risk patients. Therefore, they included patients with high-risk endometrial cancer and performed both sentinel lymph node mapping and systematic lymphadenectomy. in 2017, Soliman prospectively uh, analyzed 101 patients with high-risk endometrial cancer. One underwent sentinel lymph node, followed by pelvic and aortic lymphadenectomy. The aim of their study was different from ours. Soliman et al. wanted to identify the sensitivity, false negative rate, false negative predictive value of the sentinel lymph node versus the complete pelvic and paraortic lymphadenectomy. The authors find that the sentinel lymph node sensitivity uh, was of 95% with the false negative rate of 5%. Thus, the authors concluded that the sentinel lymph node biopsy plus site-specific lymphadenectomy was a reasonable alternative to the complete lymphadenectomy in high-risk endometrial cancer uh, uh, patients. In line with these authors, uh, the Schreck trial and also the SENTOR study uh, reported the similar reta- result. Uh, uh, Cusimano showed the SENTINEL lymph node sensitivity of 96% and the false negative rate of 4%. In the SENTOR study, uh, we can uh, read that the uh, 26% of nodal metastases had been identified by the SENTINEL lymph node mapping uh, alone either by ultrastaging or by identification of the sentinel lymph node in abnormal location outside the boundaries of the lymphadenectomy. This finding even suggests a possible advantage of the sentinel lymph node over uh, systematic lymphadenectomy, but the aim of this study was uh, different from our study. Very well, so then um, let
0: us get to the primary objective of your study. And, and also, if you can just tell us a little bit more about the secondary objectives as well.
1: The primary aim of our study was to compare the long-term overall survival and disease-free survival of high-risk and eventual cancer patients undergoing sentinel lymph node mapping alone versus systematic lymphadenectomy. Besides, a supplementary post-doc survival analysis of cases with nodal metastasis was performed to compare the sentinel lymph node and lymphadenectomy survival outcome in these subset of patients. The secondary aim was to identify the predictive factors for uh, occurrence of surgical complication in the two groups. The intention of the secondary objectives was to understand whether lymphadenectomy could be an independent factor for operative morbidity. In our study the lymphadenectomy group showed more severe complication according to the Clavien-Dindo classification however the uh, complication rate uh, that was higher in the lymphadenectomy group uh, was not significantly so the only, the, uh, the, um, only the BMI was an independent factor predicting surgical complication in both univariate and multivariate analysis in our study, with a P less than
0: 0.001. So now
1: let's talk a little bit about the, in order to answer
0: obviously those primary objectives, uh, what, what were your inclusion criteria specifically?
1: Uh, all patients with pathological and molecular features of high-risk endometrial carcinoma uh, in participating center were included in the analysis. Uh, all patients underwent surgical treatment including iserectomy, bilateral salpingo oophorectomy nodal staging through sentinel lymph node, or systematic lymphadenectomy. In the pathological criteria, we consider uh, the most up-to-date 2020 Estro ESP guidelines Therefore, we included the FIGO stage 3 to 4A endometrioid endometrial carcinoma without residual disease, and the FIGO stage 1 to 4A non-endometrioid endometrial carcinoma with myometrial uh, infiltration. Uh, Besides patients whose mutational status was known were added to the an analysis, those patient FIGO stage 1 to 4A with endometrioid, endometrial cancer, and abnormal P53 with myometrial filtration uh, were also included uh, in the analysis. Excellent. So
0: what, what do you think are the, uh, the most important findings of your study? What are some
1: of the highlights? Tell us about the results. Regarding the primary aim, our study showed no significant difference in overall survival and disease-free survival among high-risk endometrial cancer patients undergoing sentinel lymph node mapping alone compared with systematic lymphadenectomy. Our study showed that the Sentinel um, lymph node group had 91.3% versus 92.6% in the lymphadenectomy group regarding overall survival. And uh, considering disease free survival, we find in the sentinel lymph node group the 85.2% versus 82.8% in uh, the lymphadenectomy group. Furthermore, as expected, the tumor grade and patient's age were both independent risk factors for cancer-related death with the P.013. Uh, Finally, the FIGO stage was independently associated with the risk of recurrence. Hmm. On the other hand, for the secondary objective, the body mass index was the only independent risk factor for uh, surgical complication.
0: Excellent. So you specifically talked about the, um, the higher stages. And you, you looked at uh, 3C1s and 3C2s. Uh, what did you find in that population?
1: Well, one of the main concern when uh, we discuss uh, sentinel lymph node mapping in high-risk uh, patient is what happens to patients who have not had systematic lymphadenectomy. Is sentinel lymph node sufficient to recommend adjuvant treatment? Is it really necessary to remove all the nodes to ensure a survival gain for these patients. For this reason, we perform a post hoc subgroup analysis, including only the 121 patients with pelvic or aortic nodal metastasis. Five, one, um, 51 patients were in the sentinel lymph node group and 70 patients belonged to the lymphadenectomy group. In these patients, neither overall survival nor disease-free survival were different among the two groups. And now, Vito, one of the things that it's always
0: of concern uh, for those who um, don't perform a full lymphadenectomy is that they're going to get recurrences right at the lymph node uh, basin, so in the pelvic and the periodic. In, in terms of recurrences, did you see any difference in terms of isolated nodal recurrence between the two groups?
1: No statistical difference in nodal metastasis was found in our study between the two groups. However, the sentinel lymph node group showed the 3.5% of nodal recurrence compared with 8.2% of nodal recurrence in the lymphadenectomy group with a P of 0.09. Uh, this not significantly different rate of nodal recurrence may be due to the exclusion of patients with the suspicious node from the sentinel lymph node group because of uh, we uh, applied the aburusum uh, algorithm. Uh, furthermore, an higher rate of advanced figo stage uh, was found in the lymphadenatomy group in our population. Anyway, no, no statistical difference in nodal recurrence was reported between the two study groups. Great, right. and you did just mention
0: uh, applying the, uh, the algorithm from Memorial Sloan-Kettering. Uh, so one of the questions that came up regarding that was, why did you exclude patients with unilateral uh, sentinel lymph node failure undergoing sign specific lymphadenectomy? Um, some would say that excluding these patients potentially that potentially have failure of sentinel lymph node mapping because of positive nodes, this might have biased the outcomes. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, to evaluate exclusively the effect of the sentinel node biopsy on survival, we decided to exclude patients who underwent a site-specific lymphadenectomy. In this way, we excluded patients who had performed both sentinel lymphoma mapping and lymphadenectomy. Of course, this aspect is a limitation of our study. In addition, this patient selection led to an imbalance between the two groups as specified before the lymphadenectomy uh, group showed the more advanced at the fecal stage than the sentinel lymph node group. However, if our study doesn't report a significant difference in overall survival and disease-free survival, we can expect that the complete application of the sentinel lymph node algorithm with the site-specific lymphadenectomy in case of sentinel lymph node failure should confirm or even improve our results. Yep.
0: And, and Vito, one of the things that is always of concern for um, you know, when evaluating particularly long-term oncologic outcomes is, you know, changes in the patterns of therapy. Um and in this study central lymph node mapping, you know, certainly in, I believe it was back in 2016 when uh when you started uh, collecting. Um and you know, it's basically could potentially be comparing different groups of the principles of adjuvant therapy, indications for adjuvant therapy. Um, what, what, are, what are your thoughts as it pertains to that?
1: The Sentiendo study showed that, that the adoption of the sentient node biopsy with ultrastaging uh, leads to a potential upgrading of otherwise low risk endometrial cancer in almost 10 to 15% of cases. As a consequence, uh, thanks to the central lymph node uh, adoption, a higher number of patients may have been considered eligible for adjuvant treatment after 2016. Uh, However, this potential effect was not observed in our population since the um, distribution of uh, of adjuvant treatment was comparable between the two groups. Uh, moreover, this aspect may have been masked by the more advanced fecal stage uh, that um, we have found in the um, in the lymphadenectomy. Uh, in the lymphadenectomy group. Uh, Anyway, regarding adjuvant treatment uh, changed during the study study period. Uh, In 2018, the PORTEC3 gave support to the adoption of the chemotherapy plus radiotherapy versus radiotherapy alone in high-risk endometrial cancer in stage III patients. Uh, before the PORTEC-3 publication, the standard adjuvant treatment in high-risk patients was external radiotherapy alone, while chemotherapy alone was considered beneficial for delaying distant uh, metastasis. Uh, however, the most relevant change in adjuvant treatment took place after the molecular classification uh, was uh, introduced. The molecular classification completely redefined adjuvant treatment uh, previously based on pathological features only. Nevertheless, it was officially implemented in the ESGO guidelines in 2020. So the molecular classification did an impact adjuvant treatment indication in our population, because our study period start from 2007 uh, to 2019. Excellent. So I wanted to um, turn to the point
0: of BMI. Um, Because obviously, in in patients of high BMI, it would be so advantageous to just do a sentinel lymph node mapping. So you found BMI was a significant risk factor for complications. Um, Tell us a little bit more about that. And also, did you find that BMI was also a factor that determined
1: detection rates? In our study, seven complications occurred in the sentinel lymph node group and 13 in the lymphadenectomy group. A BMI was as uh, uh, specified before the only uh, independent uh, uh, um, factor for surgical complication, uh, as widely described in the literature. Obesity was um, may compromise the surgical field and the safe dissection. Moreover, obese patients often have associated comorbidity and metabolic syndrome that may worsen the postoperative period with the longer hospital stay, lower recovery, risk of a thromboembolic event, and wound infection. Concerning the um, risk factor for the m- mapping failure, this aspect was not an object of our study. However, the obesity is a no risk factor for sentinel lymph node failure, Um, In particular, in 2022, we took part in the Obelix study. It was a multicentric uh, propensity match score study on 764 endometrial cancer patients undergoing sentinel lymph node biopsy. This, the oblique study reported that the obesity was a risk factor for failed mapping, uh, was a risk factor for the non-adherence to the central lymph node algorithm, and a an higher incident of empty packet was observed in the uh, obese patients. One, one of the other things that
0: um, often comes up is the actual tracer that is being used. And I think that most institutions today Um, in developed countries use uh, ICG. Um, However, there are many regions in the world that still use blue dye. Um, The findings from your study, are these really primarily focusing on ICG or are these findings also applicable to those who perform mapping with blue dye?
1: In our study, the Aburusum algorithm was applied for dye injection. Therefore, all participating centers used ICG for sentinel lymph node mapping. ICG offers several benefits compared to the other tracers because of its tolerability, his of use, its contribution to direct visualization without compromising the appearance of the surgical field. In 2018, the film trial reported that the indocyanine green uh, was um, superior versus the blue dye in sentinel lymph node mapping in uh, all the uterine cancer. So uh, the, EIC, the ICG should be the tracer of choice. Therefore, at present, we would not uh, extrapolate our finding to hours where the ICG is not available.
0: Great. So Vido, um, what would you highlight to the audience with regards to
1: the limitations of your study? The limitations of our study are mainly due to its retrospective nature. Patient allocation between the two arms, sentient lymph node or lymphadenectomy, was not done by a randomization. Uh, therefore, this is a patient allocation bias. Uh, mm-hmm. Moreover, this aspect uh, led to the FIGO stage imbalance in the two groups. This is another limitation. And in addition, the exclusion of patients with sentinel lymph node failure with the site specific lymphadenectomy may have limited the oncological efficacy of the sentinel lymph node group. Uh, however, we tried to curb this limitation by performing the post hoc analysis of patients with nodal metastasis, and we considered a long follow up period. Great. So now let's,
0: let's talk about uh, the ongoing studies. You mentioned the ALICE um the endo3 can you uh, just share with the audience uh, what these studies are about and what, what are they what are they evaluating
1: the alice trial is a multicentric randomized clinical trial that aims to include 178 patients with high risk histology undergoing central lymph node biopsy alone versus systematic lymphadenectomy the primary aim is three year disease free survival and five year overall survival Besides, uh, operative morbidity and quality of life will be also evaluated. Patients' recruitment will stop in 2024 and the results are weighted in 2027. The the trial is a randomized clinical trial including patients with preoperative stage one endometrial cancer, which aims to compare 12 months post-surgical recovery and uh, disease-free survival at four or five years in patients undergoing sentinel lymph node biopsy versus no nodal dissection. Mm -hmm. The study aimed to prove the lack of detrimental effect of the sentinel lymph node biopsy on recovery after surgery and the non-inferiority of no nodal dissection in stage 1 endometrial cancer compared to sentinel lymph node biopsy. The study hypothesis is that the sentinel lymph node biopsy is a cost effective procedure and causes no detrimental effect on patients' return to everyday activity. However, sentinel lymph node biopsy could be omitted in preoperative stage one um, FIGO uh, stage without worsening the patient's prognosis. The recruitment for this study starts in 2021 and the enrollment completion is expected in 2031.
0: Hmm. Very well. Well, thank you so, so much, Vito. I wanted to ask you one last question. Um, In your practice, is there any scenario that you would not do sentinel lymph node mapping alone when the patient is a high risk endometrial cancer?
1: Um, thank you for this question. Maybe this is the, um, the most important question of, uh, of the podcast. As previously mentioned, the sentinel lymph node biopsy, reliability and oncological safety depend on the street adherence to the sentinel lymph node algorithm. So the lymphadenectomy is still required in case of sentinel lymph node mapping failure. In any case, we must remember that our study is a retrospective observational study. Therefore, we need a non-inferiority randomized clinical trial to improve the evidence of the scientific scientific evidence on this topic before not recommend the lymphadenectomy in high-risk endometrial cancer patients. So at present, our study offers encouraging results on the oncological safety of sentinel lymph node mapping in high-risk patients. But... It should be performed only in referral cancer center with experienced operator as, uh, as an acceptable alternative to the systematic lymphadenectomy. Fantastic. Well, Vito Vito Capozzi from the University
0: Hospital of Parma, thank you so, so much for uh, participating in this podcast. Thank you for accepting our, our invitation. And thank you for submitting your work to our journal. So we look forward uh, to uh, discussing this further in the uh, July uh, Journal Club, and I hope uh, you will all be there. So thank you so much, Vito.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Ramirez.